Chapter Eleven of Jacob Faithful by Captain Marriott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian. Chapter Eleven Much Learning Afloat. Young Tom is very lively upon the dead languages. The Dominie, after experiencing the wonders of the mighty deep, prepares to revel upon Lobscouse. Though the man of learning gets many songs and some yarns from old Tom, he loses the best part of a tale without knowing it. The old Dominie's bundle and other paraphernalia being sent on board, he took farewell of Mr. Drummond and his family in so serious a manner that I was convinced that he considered he was about to enter upon a dangerous adventure, and then I led him down to the wharf, where the lighter lay alongside. It was with some trepidation that he crossed the plank and got on board, when he recovered himself and looked round. "'My service to you, old gentleman,' said a voice behind the dominie. It was that of old Tom, who had just come from the cabin. The dominie turned round and perceived old Tom. "'This is old Tom, sir,' said I to the dominie, who stared with astonishment. "'Art thou indeed? Jacob, thou didst not tell me that he had been curtailed of his fair proportions and i was surprised art thou then dux continued the dominie addressing old tom yes interrupted young tom who had come forward he is ducks because he waddles on his short stumps and i won't say who be goose eh father take care you don't buy goose for your impertinence sir cried old tom a forward boy exclaimed the dominie yes replied tom i'm generally forward art thou forward in thy learning canst thou tell me latin for goose to be sure replied tom brandy brandy exclaimed the dominie nay child it is answer then i was right replied tom you had your answer the boy is apt cluck cluck he is apt to be devilishly saucy old gentleman but never mind that there's no harm in him this then is young tom i presume jacob said the dominie referring to me yes sir replied i you have seen old tom and young tom and you have only to see tommy want to see tommy sir cried tom here tommy tommy but Tommy, who was rather busy with a bone forward, did not immediately answer to his call, and the dominie turned round to survey the river. The scene was busy, barges and boats passing in every direction, others lying on shore with wagons taking out the coals and other cargoes, men at work shouting or laughing with each other. Populous influvius, as Virgil hath it, grand indeed is the vast river, Labitur et labetur in omne volubilis aveum, as the generations of men are swept into eternity, said the dominie, musing aloud. But Tommy had now made his appearance, and Tom, in his mischief, had laid hold of the tail of the dominie's coat, and shown it to the dog. The dog, accustomed to seize a rope when it was shown to him, immediately seized the dominie's coat, making three desperate tugs at it. The dominie, who was in one of his reveries, 
and probably thought it was I who wished to direct his attention elsewhere, each time waved his hand without turning round, as much as to say, I'm busy now. Haul and hold, cried Tom to the dog, splitting his sides, and the tears running down his cheeks with laughing. Tommy made one more desperate tug, carrying away one tail of the dominie's coat, but the dominie perceived it not. He was still in nubibus, while the dog galloped forward with the fragment, and Tom chased him to recover it. The dominie continued in his reverie, when old Tom burst out. O oh, England, dear England, bright gem of the ocean, thy valleys and fields look fertile and gay. The heart clings to thee with a sacred devotion, and memory adores when in far lands away. The song gradually called the Domine to his recollection. Indeed, the strain was so beautiful that it would have vibrated in the ears of a dying man. The Domine gradually turned round, and when old Tom had finished, exclaimed, Truly it did delight mine ear, and from such and continued the dominie looking down upon old tom without legs too why old gentleman i don't sing with my legs answered old tom nay good ducks i am not so deficient as not to be aware that a man singeth from the mouth yet is thy voice mellifluous sweet as the honey of hybla strong as the latin for goose finished tom come father old dictionary is in the doldrums rouse him up with another stave i'll rouse you up with the stave of a cask over your shoulders mr tom what have you done with the old gentleman's swallowtail leave me to settle that affair father i know how to get out of a scrape so you ought you scamp considering how many you get into but the craft are swinging and heaving up forward there jacob and sway up the mast there's tom and tommy to help you the mast was hoisted up, the sail set, and the lighter in the stream, before the dominie was out of his reverie. "'Are they whirlpools here?' said the dominie, talking more to himself than to those about him. "'Whirlpools?' replied young Tom, who was watching and mocking him. "'Yes, there are, under the bridges. I've watched a dozen ships go down one after the other.' "'A dozen ships?' exclaimed the dominie, turning to Tom. "'And every soul lost?' never saw them afterwards replied tom in a mournful voice how little did i dream of the dangers of those so near me said the dominie turning away and communing with himself those who go down to the sea in ships and occupy their business in great waters et vastas asperit sirtes these men see the works of the lord and his wonders in the deep alternante vorans vasta charbidis aqua for at his word the stormy wind ariseth, which lifteth up the waves thereof. Surgens apupi ventus, ubi tempestas et caeli mobilis humor. They are carried up to the heavens and down again to the deep. Gurgitibus mires, et lactis vertice torrens. Their soul melteth away because of their trouble. Stant parvidi, omnibus ignote mortis timor omnibus hostem they reel to and fro and stagger like the drunken man so they do father don't they sometimes observed tom leering his eye at his father that's all i've understood of his speech 
they are at their wit's end continued the dominie mind the end of your wit master tom answered his father wroth at the insinuation so when they call upon the lord in their trouble cujus jurare timent et fallere nomen he delivereth them out of their distress for he maketh the storm to cease so that the waves thereof are still yea still and smooth as the peaceful water which now floweth rapidly by our anchored vessel yet it appeareth to me that the scene hath changed these fields met not mine eye before riparumque toros et prata recentia rivis surely we have moved from the wharf and the dominie turned round and discovered for the first time that we were more than a mile from the place at which we had embarked pray sir what's the use of speech sir interrogated tom who had been listening to the whole of the dominie's long soliloquy thou ask the foolish question boy we are endowed with the power of speech to enable us to communicate our ideas that's exactly what i thought sir then pray what's the use of your talking all that gibberish that none of us could understand i crave thy pardon child i spoke i presume in dead languages if they're dead why not let them rest in their graves good thou hast wit cluck cluck yet child know that it is pleasant to commune with the dead is it then we'll put you on shore at battersea churchyard silence tom he's full of his sauce sir you must forgive it nay it pleaseth me to hear him talk but it would please me more to hear thee sing then here goes sir to drown tom's impudence glide on my bark the morning tide is gently floating by thy side around thy prow the waters bright in circling rounds of broken light are glittering as if ocean gave her countless gems unto the wave that's a pretty air and i first heard it sung by a pretty woman but that's all i know of the song she sang another i'd be a butterfly born in a bower you'd be a butterfly said the dominie taking old tom literally and looking at his person young tom roared yes sir he'd be a butterfly and i don't see why he shouldn't be very soon his legs are gone and his wings aren't come out so he's a grub now and that you know is the next thing to it what a funny old beggar it is father aren't it tom tom go forward sir we must shoot the bridge shoot exclaimed the dominie shoot what you aren't afraid of firearms are ye sir inquired tom nay i said not that i was afraid of firearms but why should you shoot we never could get out without it sir we shall have plenty of shooting by and by you don't know this river indeed i thought not of such doings or that there were other dangers besides that of the deep waters go forward tom and don't be playing with your betters cried old tom never mind him sir he's only humbugging you explain jacob the language of both old tom and young tom are to me as incomprehensible as would be that of the dog tommy or as your latin is to them sir true jacob true i have no right to complain 
nay i do not complain for i am amused although at times much puzzled we now shot putney bridge and as a wherry passed us old tom carolled out did you ever hear tell of a jolly young waterman no i never did said the dominie observing old tom's eyes directed towards him tom amused by this naivete on the part of the dominie touched him by the sleeve on the other side and commenced with his treble did you ne'er hear a tale of a maid in the vale not that i can recollect my child replied the dominie then where have you been all your life my life has been employed my lad in teaching the young idea how to shoot so you're an old soldier after all and afraid of firearms why don't you hold yourself up i suppose it's that enormous jib of yours that brings you down by the head tom tom i'll cut you in pork pieces if you go on that gate go and get dinner under way you scamp and leave the gentleman alone here's more wind coming a wet sheet and a flowing sea a wind that follows fast and fills the white and rustling sail and bends the gallant mast and bends the gallant mast my boys while like the eagle free away the good ship flies and leaves old england on the lee jacob said the dominie i have heard by the mouth of rumour with her hundred tongues how careless and indifferent are sailors unto danger but i never could have believed that such lightness of heart could have been shown yon man although certainly not in years yet what is he a remnant of a man resting upon unnatural and improportioned support yon lad who is yet but a child appears as blithe and merry as if he were in possession of all this world can afford i have an affection for that bold child and would fain teach him the rudiments at least of the latin tongue i doubt if tom would ever learn them sir he has a will of his own it grieveth me to hear thee say so for he lacketh not talent but instruction and the dux he pleaseth me mightily a second palinurus yet how that a man could venture to embark upon an element to struggle through the horrors of which must occasionally demand the utmost exertion of every limb with the want of the two most necessary for his safety is to me quite incomprehensible he can keep his legs sir nay jacob how can he keep what are already gone even thou speakest strangely upon the water i see the dangers that surround us jacob yet i am calm i feel that i have not lived a wicked life integer vitae scelerisque purus as horace truly saith may venture even as i have done upon the broad expanse of water what is it that the boy is providing for us it hath an inviting smell lobscouse master replied old tom and not bad lining either i recollect no such word unde derivator friend what's that master inquired old tom it's latin for lobscouse depend upon it father cried tom who was stirring up the savoury mess with a large wooden spoon he'll be a deadly lively old gentleman with his dead language dinner's all ready are we to let go the anchor or pipe to dinner first 
we may as well anchor boys we have not a quarter of an hour's more ebb and the wind is heading us tom and i went forward braided up the mainsail cleared away and let go the anchor the lighter swung round rapidly to the stream the domine who had been in a fit of musing with his eyes cast upon the forests of masts which we had passed below london bridge and which were now some way astern of us of a sudden exclaimed in a loud voice pace precor periculosum est the lighter swinging short round to her anchor had surprised the domine with the rapid motion of the panorama and he thought we had fallen in with one of the whirlpools mentioned by tom what hath happened good dux tell me cried the domine to old tom with alarm in his countenance why master i'll tell you after my own fashion replied old tom smiling and then singing as he held the old domine by the button of his spencer now to her berth the craft draws nigh with slackened sails she feels the tide stand clear the cable is the cry the anchor's gone we safely ride and now master we'll bail out the lobscouse we shan't weigh anchor again until to-morrow morning the wind's right in our teeth and it will blow fresh i'm certain look how the scud's flying so now we'll have a jolly time of it and you shall have your allowance of grog on board before you turn in i have before heard of that potation replied the domine sitting down on the combings of the hatchway and fain would taste it End of chapter 11